0: Oh yeah, I should probably update. That's what I was trying to do. Why did that...
1: you not, not updated the name of the
0: stream? You know, we're playing Diablo four right now, man. I should know about this.
1: Oh, that's, that's, that's a great push notification to get everybody to not show up.
0: <laughs> that's I was just looking at great. it. And then when I got over here, professional
1: uh, streamer.
0: Stream.
1: professional streamer. Well, it happens. He broke his damn streamer error 404 if you good sir are ready i am let's do it all right looks like we're both ready which means ladies and gentlemen boys and girls you know what time it is it is time to say welcome welcome on in to the snapback podcast for those who do not know my name is guest also known as it's guest gaming as always i am joined by the incredibly pale default dan hello good sir
0: what is up man what is up i am i am quite pale with all this lighting over here
1: <laughs> i'm just pretty sure it's heritage but blame the lighting could as be. much as you wish but could be <laughs> it, i mean you, you live in the south you have access to what sunlight is but you just i know you you just I cover need to, yourself I need to with see hats that. and hair and
0: I need yeah. to see that later. You know, the sunlight throughout yeah, the okay.
1: day. I know. The summertime is here. You know, that means it's a good time, technically, you know, for you know open availability and more time to play games for a lot of yep. people. And, you know, we got a fun, exciting season coming up. So I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. I know you do too. It's kind of why we're here. <laughs> um, but a couple of little little tiny housekeeping things first. Um, first off, in I just got to say thank you to the snap.fan community who have already come on in and embraced us so quickly since our announcement with the awesome, awesome interview podcast talking about the next season coming up uh, that we had on Friday with Malt and just premiered everything big all at once. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of great feedback from that, both in the snap.fan Discord, as well as in, I see it in the YouTube comments. I see it in the ratethispodcast.com. Rate I'm seeing it a lot of different places already. And I just want to say thank you uh, as we continue to grow this podcast every single week. So it's yep. because of viewers like you, you know? So thank you, seriously. Um, for today, we're going to keep it to just the two of us, happy yep. or not about it. We both are 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 just going to have to hold down the fort because um, we got a lot to talk about. You can see it if you're on the video podcast, you can see it over on the side of the screen. We're going to have our topics always laid out over there to give you an idea of where the podcast is going to go. And today, our get our primary topics will be focused on what's going to be happening over the next two days. So you've got Ghost Spider, we've got some sleeper picks for the move decks, which everybody are going to want to re-dive into once again, obviously because of Ghost Spider coming to the game. Uh, and Conquest Mode, which should be here in a little over a week from the time of this recording, is what we're guesstimating with the release. But we're going to talk about conquest mode. We'll talk about some key cards and fun, unique cards that we think are going to be really critical for the mode because we've got some experience now with tournaments. We've got some experience now with, uh, you know, friendly battle mode. But this is a whole nother beast. whole nother beast. Absolutely. Um, And our first mailbag question and the deck of the week. So that's kind of the itinerary. Um, I mean, uh, yes, we have an order, but there's just, there's a lot to swallow. (laughs) coming in the next couple of days right like
0: yeah yeah no definitely definitely there's uh there's just so much going on in snap like you mentioned you know we got all these announcements just the other day and uh you know is the the thing is when it comes to cards specifically we're getting so many good cards coming to snap like again we've had a couple months where you kind of hit or misses this past month literally every card was a good card this upcoming month it just looks the same way even even when some of them that kind of look eh, you can start to see like so but you can start to see like really good uh decks and play patterns and things for these cards so yeah it's it's just it's looking up man lots lots of good stuff yeah
1: i know this this past month was a very expensive month with for collector's tokens <laughs> and this upcoming month is not so that feels quite good yeah but i will say i uh there, there's a lot There's a lot to swallow. So let's go Mm -hmm. ahead and uh, take a bite in ourselves with ghost spider coming to the game in from the time we're recording it. It's about a little over two hours from now. And I think ghost spider, you know, I, I I put out my article on snap.fan on, you know, my spotlight, you know, first impressions with her fun things to kind of key note and whatever. So I'll, I'll let you start on this one. Um, What are your thoughts on ghost spider and where we, where should you, where do you want to go? web slinging with her.
0: Yeah. So ghost spider for everybody listening on the podcast on reveal, the last card you played is going to move there and she's a two, three, which means she's pretty versatile, right? Like basically where you're first going to with your mind is sticking her in a move deck, turn one human torch, turn two ghost spider, right? These are things you would have done with, you know, Dr. Strange or just some other cards, but this gives you something a little bit different because you can put this card anywhere. Doctor Strange is, you know, you have to look at it and make sure that, oh, they've got the highest power and there's just all these factors you have to take into account. But this one just says, no, whatever you played last, you can move it over here. So I like it because it's more of a fake out card, in my opinion. If you think about like even going back to the Shuri decks, right, like in in the good old days of giant drops, you literally put whatever your big card is behind something. And then they think, okay, I'm going to give up on that lane or whatever it is. And all of a sudden you move her over. Right, you, you throw down Ghost Spider, you pull that card to a different location. So I I really do like that she has a lot more uh, around her. And I'm going to kind of stick with this. I think it's going to be really interesting to see her with something like a Doc, Doc Ock. We have a lot of these movement decks, we have a lot of these um, hip monkey decks and things like that. So now if you imagine I'm going to throw a Doc Ock on the lane, pull whatever's out of their hand, And then my next turn, especially if you're playing like some kind of ramp deck, right, like a a Psylocke into um, Doc Ock, my next turn, I can use Ghost Spider and pull him off and now put 10 power, essentially 13 power in a different lane while they've locked a lane and they may have not locked it with stuff that they wanted to go in there. So I want to do something a little different and get her out of a move deck only because I know, yes, she's good in a move deck and everybody's going to put her there, but I just want to do something a little different.
1: No, I'm I'm 100% in agreement with you, 100% there because mm-hmm. I think that she's going to be an incredibly versatile card. The fake out play is 1,000% uh, direction. I I've already gone with her with my theory crafting. I have a Sauron deck that I absolutely love and I cannot wait to test, which has a lot of that type of synergy of mm-hmm. uh, let me put a lot of power here and play arrow doubled up after Shuri. And then bring yep. that on over for a very similar style of effect. I love the Doc Ock call. Just go ahead and forcefully sacrifice a lane yep. with Doc Ock that way. And then, hey, let's just bring that 10 power now over here instead. Mm-hmm. I'm giving up that lane anyway, so let's still capitalize on that power. Yep. Um, in regards to like the move decks, though, because that's kind of where everybody's going to want to start. Everyone's going to see Ghost Spider. They see yep. it's a move thing. Okay, let's build a move deck. And I just think that You know, when you are building with Ghost Spider, you know you there's really two directions to go with. You have the control version, which is capitalizing on those big plays and reallocating them, which is what I agree with with you. Yeah. And then there's the let me just make my move deck even better. So it kind of like it's a bit a little bit of a choose your own style, right? You know, are you someone who's willing to dive into move because move is a fun archetype. However, it is very cerebral and very difficult. And there's a lot of things you have to really grasp. You have to be certain that you understand what cards are going to amp up to what and when. Mm -hmm. And you're playing this archetype. You know, it's, I think, more related to chess than any other archetype because you're thinking about, you know, your turn five move on turn two because you've got X, Y, and Z already in your hand. And now you're trying to think about, okay, I still have this in my deck yeah. because I looked at the snap fan tracker and I see that I have this still and I can do this and da 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 da. Like you're, you're, you're so further ahead, but
0: yeah. if
1: you can learn it, it is so incredibly cheap to ramp up. And I think that she just brings that to the next level. So yeah. is there like, talk, talk to me about move and how you feel about her in move.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to move, she's gonna be great because you can now really target cards to move all the way right. You're gonna have a big advantage. So if you think about a lot of times, like you're mentioning, when it comes to move, most everything moves left, and so you end up in this weird spot with Heimdall, where like you're having to flood the right and the middle lane because if you're going to play the Heimdall version, you have to make sure that left lane's fully open so everything can you know move over there. And a lot of times you'll get messed up with whether professor X or something like that, kind of locking out a lane. And so what I like about ghost spider is the only way prior to this was Dr. Strange to try to move stuff to the far right, uh, or cloak, which, um, is good, but it, I mean, it also allows them to do it right. So I, I like her being in the deck, being able to kind of move what you want. If you think about some of the other big plays, uh, like we have with. I mentioned Human Torch into Ghost Spider into Doctor Strange. Like that's going to get a huge, huge Human Torch really quickly and really um, uh, easily. Right. So it consistently. So there's going to be a lot of things that you can definitely do um, within that. And I think that she just kind of opens it up. It also gives you like we talked about things like multiple man. So being able to make sure, you know, you're moving that multiple man to start and then you're putting in Cloak or whoever you know in there you can also do things where like you play cloak in order to move things to cloak's location but you can also play ghost spider to move cloak back off so you still have another spot in that cloak lane there's a, a few things there where it's like it, it is to your point going to be like chess and this is another one of those pieces that's going to add a lot to that chess game and it's going to be difficult to figure out who do you cut because a lot of these move decks yeah. have kind of been perfected at this point um and i know mold is always like we talked to him is always experimenting with different cards but there is kind of a really good series two series three you know move deck that's there so you're gonna have to cut something good for her um and then it's just gonna be coming down to okay what is that card you know and and again even like we talked about Voltron on three followed by a ghost spider plus something is gonna be pretty good because you could literally Ghost Spider plus uh, a cloak or, or okay. whatever. Like, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of really good plays there where you can move stuff a lot more times than you ever could before. So, yeah, she's going to fit right in there and is going to be a force to be reckoned with because she's a two. And there's not, you know, again, yeah. if she was a one, there's answers. Two, not yeah. so many.
1: Yeah, because I, I am seeing it in the chat and you mentioned multiple man in particular. I think with Ghost Spider, the biggest thing mm-hmm. to note you know, with multiple man is, you know, because a lot of people unlock multiple man very early on, I believe yeah. he's a pool two, and he's used in a lot of the pool two move decks. However, he's a card that needs ramp. It's great to get a bunch of them out, but he's basically mm-hmm. the move equivalent of Sentinel. And yeah. with Ghost Spider, it brings actually a secondary type of synergetic piece where you could have this great combo of multiple man followed by Hulk Buster. build that up, Then play Ghost Spider to drag it over there and bring it back. And then play Doctor Strange to bring all of those that are Mm -hmm. now at eight power both over to Doctor Strange and then it doubles both back. So there's a lot of ways to go and go and go and go and go. There's a lot of ways to do that. Um, it, It really depends on what type of move deck you need to bring. And as you said, when you're talking about cutting cards, you have to understand which cards synergize to what and when. Yeah that's it just because it's going to depend on the type of move deck that you're going to build are you bringing a bounce move deck are you bringing a control move deck are you bringing a location focused move deck are you bringing i mean yeah uh, well let's put it this way talk to me about the cards that build the right type of move archetype like secondary variations you know whether it be your sleeper picks whether it be you know hybriding the deck whether it's like a random card you want to put into a move deck talk to me in that direction about what you think would be good and what direction do you want to go with it
0: yeah so i mean like definitely i think some of the cool things in here right with with ghost spider and things like that is she's going to turn on miles pretty easily so you've got cards like miles that you know before outside of the whole like black bolt stature miles whatever deck that was floating around like He really never found found his way in the move decks because it was like, okay, well, Iron Fist moves a card and then you have to play Miles next. But with Ghost Spider being this very fluid card that you know is gonna fit in very well, now it gives you a one five. It gives you a pretty easy Miles in there. And maybe Miles still isn't the card you necessarily wanna put in there, but at the same time, I do like the synergies, especially with the movie and all of that, like them being pretty easily. Um, But I know we've got a lot of sleepers that we've kind of talked through my problem is i went the reverse route so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it to you first when we talk about sleepers because i kind of went the reverse route of what are the sleeper cards that are going to stop all these movement decks that are going on uh, rather than i I believe your picks are that are going to go well with uh move that people may not be thinking about so i'll let you go first and then i'll we'll bounce back and forth uh, but I think your first one—I see what
1: you did there. bounce is, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. You get it. It's a move. It's a move. Pun. You get it. It is. It is. See, you're right. uh, funniest when you when you don't try. Um, so, all right. So first, first on my list is Ghost. Uh, no. I think Ghost actually may find a wonderful little tiny home in Move, because mm. one of the things that, especially <laughs> once you get to turn five and six it's really gonna be important to know is when is your ramp happening? Because if your opponent knows you're playing move, they can start to predict a little bit about, okay, they've got dagger down, they're probably gonna move this over here. They've got cloak down, so this is probably gonna go in here and Craven and I think Ghost specifically has a potential home with move because I'm thinking of Shang-Chi. I'm thinking about moving into armor as we talked about in the past with like the, the peekaboo version of uh mm-hmm. of human torch for example I think that's gonna be just as critical making sure that you know you can reveal seconds so you don't get yep. spat on the wrong way. Um I think ghost may have a home in yeah. move. It's one I'm really wor- really hoping is true because I don't necessarily see it happening too much in bounce, even though she's a one cost, but mm-hmm. I do see it happening in human torch decks in particular yeah it's like human that. torch and uh, and multiple man and Hulkbuster, like that combo that's what i see being a lot more wow yeah. you know prevalent
0: now i would say the the only like argument i would have against ghost is if cosmo starts to make a return that's going to be one of the things that really hurts um the move decks because they can predict what lane that cosmo you know needs to go in and i'm not saying that cosmo is going to shut down everything about yeah. the move but there's definitely been some times where True. you throw out that Cosmo, they throw an in Heimdall into it, and it's like, nope, sorry. So um, it is yeah. it is a little scary with that, but I, I like the ghost play. I think, uh, like you said, being able to kind of make it to where Shang-Chi isn't going to do it, especially if you're timing it and you know that, okay, I'm moving Torch, and it's this turn that he's going to start to be in Shang-Chi range, and I want to get him over to um, an armor location yeah. or something, right? So. I like it. I like it, especially because Ghost yeah. has not really got much play since her release.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this might be the direction to do it. Um, another one that I'm going to throw in there um, to keep the alliteration is Goose. Uh, I think Goose actually has a great home with move because mm-hmm. most, key word, most of the key core move cards are three uh, three cost or less. So, yeah. keeping that restriction while you have that dagger, that craven, that angela, that et cetera, you know, vulture, all of them are going to be able to ramp. Yeah. And there's nothing you girls can do about it. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's going to lock out that lane and they're not going to be able to put those big, big pieces out onto the battlefield to yeah. counter it. They're not, they're, they can't take a rogue, you know, they can't enchantress it.
0: Mm hmm. It's mm-hmm. six
1: one half a dozen the other or you're blocked out so i really like the notion of goose making an appearance into some move yeah. decks um i'm thinking more of a control move deck mm-hmm. with goose just kind of locking those lanes early and then having just one or two little ramps to get that power in that lane specifically really high yeah. um and yeah. i think ghost Spider would be great for that
0: yeah and goose is a very interesting one because like you said i, I think goose is one of those underrated cards um, he pops up from time to time and it's like, oh man, that's so good. But there's a lot of times where people kind of forget about him. And he really is good because when that can't remember which location it is, is a big house? Um, or is it uh mm-hmm.
1: four, five, six? Yeah, yeah.
0: So big when yeah. big house comes out, it's just like, Yep, goose, you know, it's you can't play in here. It's pretty rough. Um, you know, in a lot of those different things. So I like I like Goose in the move deck. Like you mentioned, a lot of the core move cards are smaller, right? Yeah, there's Heimdall, but yep. you throw them in a different lane and you can move things into the lane, not necessarily play it into Goose Lane. So you can still win, win some late, late rounds with, uh, with a Goose out there and kind of put stuff behind them. Right.
1: With that said, um, I have one wild card that I want to test. I'm not pr- unless if it starts immediately succeeding, <laughs> I'm not going to over-test it. Because it is a wild card, and I want you to hear me out for the same reasons as Goose, right? We talk about the fact that it's all these small cost cards that are the Mm -hmm. core pieces to the move deck. And there's a lot you can do with even just turn five. You can do Iron Fist into Dagger into Cloak and then move that back and have Dagger move twice, technically within one-ish, if you will, turn. Um, A lot of these smaller cards have a very easy ramp ability. Put in Miles Morales as a 1-5. There's a lot of power that can drop Dawn down. Yeah. I'm going to try the Living Tribunal. I know it's radical, but hear me Mm -hmm. out. It's almost as radical as Heimdall, right? Heimdall is incentivizing move as another move mechanic. Living Tribunal can take <laughs> a lot of that and no. spread it out even. So you're looking at a storm version. You're looking at, instead of them saying, oh, you're going to Heimdall, you're actually preserving some of that power and having just enough into a lane rather than overgoing into another lane. It's cheeky. I know no, the, it is. The, the chat, chat doesn't like it the here on doesn't, stream. Doesn't, oh, doesn't, I don't they, care. They don't agree with you. People are not allowed to, <laughs> they, don't, they, they don't like it just because they think that they wasted 6,000 tokens in Living Tribunal. And as of right now, for the most part, he has a home in discard, and that's about it. But, yeah, yeah. Like I, every I deck, everything deserves to be test, and I'm going to build a Storm Control Living Tribunal move deck because then it gives me two outs. It has the Heimdall out, and it has the Living Tribunal out. How much power do I need on turn six? Yeah.
0: I mean, here's the thing. We talked to Molt the other day, right? And he said that he normally doesn't even use Heimdall. It's in the deck, and he uses it 20% right. of the time because everybody's expecting it. So I do think that there is that, you know, factor that they're not, they're not anticipating it. Like one of the big things that comes to, to any of the move decks, right, at least back in series two and three, was as soon as they played iron fist or they played whatever deck, you know, was move, you just gave up the third lane. You gave up the left lane and you just said, all right, well, they're going to move everything to the left lane. So I'm going to play in the right in the middle lane. And so a lot of this was, you know, you play into those two lanes and they're having to figure out how do they beat you without Heimdalling because Heimdall's going to move things, you know, out of those two lanes. So realistically, they usually give up right lane, you give up left lane and you're kind of fighting over the middle lane. But I do like tribunal in the fact that you could still dump everything to a left lane or whatever, and then them think they have it. And you just drop a tribunal right in the center and then it, evens out and you take two lanes, right? You may still not get all three lanes, but you may get two of them. So, yeah. I don't know, it, it could be it could be really interesting as a sneak attack on turn 6 that they're just not they're not waiting, you yeah. know, expecting coming mean I down.
1: am not making it my number 1 deck prediction. But it's one of those, "Oh, if this works." Oh, this could be fun because you know there's going to be a lot of Professor X's out there restricting the move decks. Mm-hmm. So, this could be yeah. another way to work around that. So those, those are my three. Two sincere picks. I'll call them sincere, you know, Goose and ghosts, And then yeah. one, yo, if this works pick in Living Tribunal. What about you? Who Because you, you said that you're, you went the other way, which I did not know. I did not ask you to do so. You have yeah. gone against grain. You have rebelled against Guest. And I am totally okay with it. That's so true. tell me <laughs>
0: all <laughs> right is, so i'm gonna i'm gonna start with gonna one count? that's that's obvious and then i'm gonna change it Right? so the obvious one and i'm gonna change it is Hulkbuster. so when i started this when you're like check out some of these cards whatever i started with Hulkbuster, and it's an obvious one because this is one of those sleeper cards that if you haven't used move a lot and this is the reason why i started with this but i'm going to show you a different card but i want to throw this out there for anybody who doesn't know this card is very good with your multiple man your, um, your Human Torch, these you know even like a Vulture. So like not as much of a Vulture as the other two, but with this, it's one of those cards where it quickly starts to escalate their power. So if Human Torch is by himself and you throw this out in his location, now your Human Torch is a lot bigger. And when he moves, he's gonna get this plus four to be able to double. So if you guys don't play move a lot, you may wanna be thinking about Hulkbuster when you're trying to figure out how you wanna build your decks. You don't have to, but he's definitely one of those sleeper cards that if you haven't played Deadpool a lot or Human Torch, it, it's, it's got a lot of value to it. Um, but that was kind of where I started. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this a little different. So I forgot to pull this card up, but then she talked about it, I'm going to pull it up. So Shadow King. Yes. So I when, love I look, it. when I look at the opposite, when I look at like how do you stop some of these decks, the obvious ones are Professor X and... Spider-Man or whatever so they can't play in certain lanes, but I want to kind of go a different way and this will make more sense When we get to our deck of the week in a little bit too, but when it comes to cards like Shadow King, right? Sure, you want to get your Human Torch super super big you want to use that um, Which I think is a bug but you want to use that Hulkbuster. That's fine I'm gonna shadow King it and all these cards are gonna go back down to their original power so, you know dagger all of these are cards that are just going to keep getting escalated as they're being moved around and i'm just going to get rid of it i'm going to wait till turn six i'm going to have two plays most likely on that turn and one of those plays is taking an entire lane making it small again so shadow king is one of those cards that i think will be a sleeper in here we've seen them kind of pop up here and there through different decks um, but definitely i think when it comes to this uh this, format, this meta. Shadow King is going to be a really, really good card. That was kind of the first one I I started with. I agree
1: with you, just not the first week. Because High Evolutionary is everywhere. And because of it, so many people are playing Luke Cage. And because of that, I think in the first week, Shadow King may not be the answer. But as it happens with all season passes... The first week, it's like it's everywhere. Everyone got the new shiny thing, and it was cheap. <laughs> Yay! Woohoo! Great. Ten yeah. bucks. Yeah, I got a new card. Awesome. Let's try it. Let's test it. Let's do it. Woohoo! It, it's it's not going to get a lot of love, but yeah. by the end of the month, when they finally said, "Okay, I'm in the grind. I'm running this deck now. I'm playing my old faithful or whatever it is," mm. and that's when Shadow King makes prevalence makes some you know prevalence again. Yeah. So in the future, in the future, but just yeah. not quite yet to me.
0: I, I would kind of agree with that. I mean, like, I think you're going to be able to catch a handful of people that are going to go back and say, okay, spider, you know, spider Gwen, go spider. Let's put her in the basic move deck, right? And let's try that out. Day one, day two, you're going to see a lot of that. Then you're going to go into people trying to really figure out what the metal looks like. Um, I agree with you each week that we get another one of these move cards that kind of comes in, um, then there's a potential that it gets a little bit better. And, and this is one of those things where I don't think he's going to be the card that breaks the meta, that stops the move decks. But I definitely think he's going to be pretty good. And uh, it'll be interesting to see week one, week two, with everybody trying to get to infinite tonight and tomorrow and things like that. Like, what is going to be that top deck? Is it going to be high evolutionary like we saw a lot last season? Or are we going back to our tried and true decks, right, that are that are coming through? And a lot of those tried and true decks, this deck still, I mean, he's still defeats a handful of those decks yeah you know so i don't know i, oh, I think yeah. it'd be pretty good i agree with you like he's probably not going to be the end all be all card but definitely a sleeper i think that's going to catch a lot of people um especially if you're waiting till last turn to kind of use them which leads me into another three drop which is kingpin so i think kingpin is going to be one of the biggest sleepers that people forget about especially if you wait to drop him on turn six now the thing is most people get them, they drop them on turn three or four. And why? <laughs> there's no reason, yeah. unless you're playing Arrow on six uh, or Juggernaut on six or something like that, there's no reason to drop them because theoretically, even with Juggernaut, you can drop him plus Juggernaut. Drop him on the left lane, drop Juggernaut on the right lane. Whatever they play, you have a potential of knocking him in Kingpin. So I really think Kingpin is going to be a huge sleeper in the meta because he can kind of just hide. I doubt come down on 6. They play their Heimdall, they play whatever and it's like, "Oh, that's that's a cute Heimdall." Kingpin just destroyed all those um. cards you just moved. <laughs> so, um Kingpin is is going to be my my big choice. This is my if I had to bet a bunch on it, this will be the card that gets a ton of people in turn 6 for some easy cubes when they're using move.
1: Both of these cards will be probably in my Sarah Surfer counter deck in the first week, you Mm -hmm. know, because I already run Shadow King and I did this past weekend for the Kamar Taj feature location. And oh man, he (laughs) brings out some beautiful, beautiful overturns. It's great. And he's still a good 3 3 stat line. Kingpin at 3 4, obviously even better. And I agree with you. If you're going to play a deck of some kind, Mm -hmm. you know, that's going to be looking to counter the the group yeah kingpin's probably yep. going to be the, the cheapest easiest way to do so i love the juggernaut call maybe we see stagron i don't know but i'm i'm a fan i'm I'm a fan of the pick okay i think it's uh it gives reason for people to remember that he exists because he's just not, just you no know. <laughs> <laughs> normally i'm sorry he's just not a pick you go for but
0: yeah. in the first he's week not. of this season you know what he's not and, if, and again, if, if I'm okay with it, if you've got move continuing to be something, I, I think, I think you'll stick around. I, I mean, the thing is like, I, I wouldn't prior to the movement being a big thing. No, I would never really use them. But because move is here, all these cards are going to be eccentric to move. We're going to see a lot of movement happening. And that's where I think, I think you'll be good. Cause even, even when 2099 comes out and things like that, there's a whole piece where they're going to move them. And here's the thing. Yeah, your spider, you know, your 299 kills one of my guys, but I'm gonna kill your 2099 when you move him into that lane. So, like, I I do think there's gonna be some some good plays around him. Which leads me to another kill card. And this one's probably one of those that people probably go, why? But here's the thing a lot of people are gonna play Human Torch. If they're not playing Human Torch, they're still playing the good one drop, Sunspot, Nebula, you know, Kitty Pride, maybe if they're playing the bounce move decks, right? Like I think Killmonger is just going to be a really good card in this meta. And again, catching those at waiting till turn five, waiting till turn four, letting that human torch get a little bit higher before they have their armor, just killing them. And I think that that's going to be a lot of fun with that. So,
1: Yeah, I I, I can see that. I mean, people, and it might lead to that eventual buff to Human Torch, eventually, someday. You know, we've talked about it on here several different times where I still would love to see Human Torch at a two power in some way, shape, or form just so he can't be mongered. But as it was brought up as great points that you kind of need that little one option because, you know, a good stat line for a, a one drop is to get a one drop to three. So if you can get just a little tiny bit of movement happening, you'll be fine be absolutely fine so i like the killmonger call specifically knowing that there's going to be like i expect nebula probably more than anybody else uh out of the recent one drops unless of course mm-hmm. if you're playing specifically some kind of bounce but yeah
0: i like it yeah, yeah i like it i like it absolutely so you know with those sleepers like i said i, I think that we're going to find some other sleepers when it comes to move whether it's the move cards themselves and people are like, oh wait, this kind of like you said, living tribunal, whatever these kind of last minute, like, hey, why don't you try this card with it? I think there's gonna be some really cool stuff that happens. Um, and, and you know, as we move from that, you know, we've got the conquest mode and we talked about this the other day uh, on the podcast a little bit when the notes dropped. Uh, but essentially, if you guys don't know, the way conquest works is a uh, new mode, it's battle mode mode. And when it comes to this battle mode, uh, you're going to have different levels of it. You've got the kind of low level, low tier. You can come in, uh, you can play that as often as you want, farm up the tickets, whatever, and then you're going to use those tickets after you get the wins to go to the next level. And each level above that, you have to win X games uh, in a row. And if you do, you get a ticket. If not, you at least get some, some points and stuff, right? Some medals to use in the little shop. So um, the point of it, Overall is to work your way up in that ladder, win X in a row, get the ticket for the next one, win X in a row there, get the ticket until you get to infinite, uh and then that's the bragging right. And infinite's only going to be available on the last week, so I think that's kind of the yeah big gist before we d- kind of dive into it. But like, did I miss anything when it came to the mode outside of what we're going to dive I mean, those, into? Those
1: are the, those are the the big ones. I like I said yeah. I, I did a full breakdown on the other day on the site, and I just kind of like. It's a lot for the amount of, you know, actual conversation that happened in the dev announcement. There was a lot of information that we got from it, yep. and it's a lot to process. And I don't want people to freak out yet because we're going to have more information prior to the actual drop. And as soon as we have that information, we will get it out to you 1000%. Yep. However, when it comes to the game mode, I think the biggest thing to note right now is the deck you think will work will probably not work because mm. we're all like well I should say all a, over 90% of the community is ladder focused first yeah battle mode focused second whether that be tournaments whether yeah. that be you know friendly battles whatever it is most people are in ladder mindset and now it's going to be a big mm. eye opener big eye-opener for a lot of people that they have to completely rethink their strategy knowing that they're going to face the same opponent multiple Mm -hmm. times because of a 10 point you know tick off
0: yeah and and the biggest thing with that kind of kind of going into that right like so i come from magic i've said this a lot i come from magic but arena kind of has the same thing so on arena you have the ability to just queue up and play and you play a match now again snap and magic are Much different snaps a five minute game to 10 minute game. Magic is an hour, right? It's best of three. And even when you get to the best of one games, best of one can still take 20, 20 plus minutes. So it's a, it's a different thing. And so our ladder is, I just have a few minutes I want to jump on. I want to do this, but arena has the same kind of conquest mode where you can say, I want to use a thousand gold and I'm going to go into this. I've got it's slightly different but i've got uh if i can get 10 wins i win more gold and credits and everything than what i spent and i get to win more back um but i get two losses so there's a little different you get two losses not just one and done kind of thing uh but it's the same it's the same kind of style and what's nice about it is if you're a grinder you get to kind of keep going in there and you can make money right you can quote unquote make money because you're going to be getting more credits than you're spending now if you're terrible at the game you're just gonna lose money you're just gonna keep paying gold um but i definitely think this is one of those things where it's what they're kind of striving for and it's not for everybody so even in arena that's not for everybody most people kind of hang out there and dexter with the raid appreciate you so much man appreciate all you guys joining in uh, into Thank you with the, the massive stream. raid, greatly, greatly
1: appreciated. <laughs> Let's give the proper intro because we are actually live recording the yes. Snap Back podcast where you snap and we snap back. We are just about to start talking about the conquest cards that we <laughs> think are going to be the biggest, most important, car- or maybe not the biggest, most important, but just cards that yeah, we yeah. feel are going to be important going into the new conquest mode because between casting, competing, as you've said, in Multitude, you come from a Magic background. So, yeah. I mean, let's take a look at, you know, cards that we think are worth highlighting right now, heading into Conquest mode specifically, which yeah. if all goes according to plan, <laughs> if all goes according to plan, fingers crossed, we'll see what happens, okay? Yeah, yeah. Might be looking at next Tuesday. Because yeah. that's when I'm believing. I, I don't know if it's announced or not announced or whatever it is, but I think looking at the just the timeline and the this schedule, would, we it should, should be get the, it's in the next, next Tuesday. Yeah, it's in the next patch. Conquest mode will be in the next patch. I'm just saying, is is the next patch next Tuesday the 12th or the 19th? I think it's the 12th though, but we'll find out. But I don't want to look at that. So Um, I let off the last one. You lead off this one. No worries.
0: No worries. All right, so we're gonna lead off this. We're looking at the cards Uh, to lead it off. I think one of the cards that I think is going to be uh, a sneaky play is Galactus. We saw Galactus take down a tournament. I hate
1: you so much.
0: I know you do. (laughs) Why are you incentivizing this? Because, because it's going to be so, so good of a card because people are not going to expect it. If you think about the tournaments, this last big tournament, Galactus took it down. And when it comes to the easiest deck to play, Galactus is one of the easiest decks to play right now, right? It was just like Shuri. Shuri was the easiest deck to play. Everybody gravitated to it. Galactus is the same way. So, if you're wanting to have more of a, and it's not a brain dead deck, but if you're wanting to have that kind of play XYZ, you know, if you're going to win or lo- lose, and you can snap a retreat, I think Galactus is going to be there. A lot of people have not, they're not playing the counter cards. And when you get into Conquest, a lot of people drop those counter cards unless they're playing Sarah Control. So, I think yeah. you're going to see a lot of Galactus come in there. I think he's one of those. Cards for conquest that's either going to do well or not. Now, you do need to build your deck to where if you don't draw Galactus, you can still win. But I think he's one of those cards that's going to start to define conquest until he gets changed. So,
1: I personally have my fingers crossed that we finally see whatever the Galactus (laughs) change is come in next week, you know, tentatively, if that's the patch, which I believe it is expected to be as well. Um, but for at least the next, you know, week or so, sure, you know, like enjoy it on ladder. Let's see what he's changed to, and then I'll come back to giving you a commentary. Because in his current state, in conquest mode, I yeah. mean, most conquest decks, in my opinion, are going to have to have certain counter cards anyway. I think Cosmo is one of them, for example. That yeah. almost every deck should have either a Cosmo or a Rogue or a an Enchantress. One of the three, pick your choose, you know. But yeah, yeah. I, I want to get behind you, and support you. You're my podcast partner. You're my brother. <laughs> but you have just—it's—you it's oh, gonna you have irked me. It's gonna happen. And we. Man. Oh, and I gotta say, because uh, it was t- talked about on Twitter by Glenn. Whenever that change does come, it's not coming to Spider-Man. Spider-Man is not the problem. That yeah, yeah. has been confirmed. It's, Spider-Man it's will not galactic. be changed. Galactus is going to be changed.
0: No they've already said forward. he. They're yeah. They're they're looking at ways they can tweak him. But here's the thing. And, it, and as, we kind of wrap, as we wrap up on Galactus, one of the things that I'm, I'm it's interesting is we constantly kind of looked at Galactus before with battle mode and said he's never good for battle mode. He's too predictable. He's too whatever. And I think over the last few months, it's become obvious that it's semi-true. <laughs> it's semi-true. He's very predictable. But if you don't have yeah. the answer, you lose. And so I think when it comes to battle mode, uh, he's definitely going to be a good card. So, what have you got for us, sir? What is your card of choice that you got from battle mode here? Singular? You
1: making me choose one?
0: No, no, no. I mean, we're going to go through them. I'm just uh, okay. what's what's your All name? right. So, I mean, I'm going
1: to I'm going to go with the with the other big bad uh because it's finally his day in the sun. It's going to be Kang's turn. Uh Kang is finally going to have relevance in my opinion. I think Kang yep. is finally going to be able to shine because of the ability to more than anything else, not see the opponent's cards. That doesn't matter. To me, that has nothing to do with it. It has to do with the ability to snap.
0: Yeah, the fake snap. And have
1: it regress. Going for the fake snack, uh, f- snack, fake snap, try saying that three times fast, I think is probably the biggest mechanic going into battle mode. Knowing that you're in the high stakes round and you've got a Kang in your back pocket and you haven't played it for the first four rounds and then drop that down in round number five After you've done a big snap and there's a very big, obvious, you know, move that is probably being forecast and you think your opponent is already predicting your own move. Like there's just, yeah, like that's a big, big card.
0: I, I think you're, I think you're right on the snap. It also worries me a little bit. I know with the tournaments, right? And the tournaments that we were having. A lot of the games that were going to time. So whether it's, you know, Wednesday night snap, the snap opens, the battle arena opens. Yeah. A lot of a lot of them that were going to time. And this is a forty minute time like time frame for a round. Yeah. Is it was Kang. It was Kang. It was Daredevil. It was these cards that allow you to get more information. And I do worry about that a little bit because if Kang gets a, a huge uptick, we're gonna go from having snap being a pick it up and play on your break or whatever to a all right, I better lock in an hour. I better lock in 50 minutes yeah. if I want to do one round of this conquest. So it, it's, again, it's the evolution of Snap, but I definitely think that uh, if Kang becomes prevalent, too prevalent, they may have to look at what they do with him just because of the amount of time he adds to games. Because if you think of 10 rounds in a, in a battle match. Yeah.
1: I think <laughs> right annoying. now the biggest piece for him is they just got to shorten his animation. Like, yeah. <laughs> We don't need the little button to appear in the bottom corner for x which doesn't even match up on a lot of the users too. Like it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like just slightly cockeyed off center. It's like, it wants to be, it's like a bad cropping from a streamer. Like, you know, it's supposed yeah. to line up, but it doesn't. It, that's what it looks like. They got to fix that for all of the reasons, but I don't think we need that anymore. I know yeah. they put it in there to kind of be the reminder, like, Hey, you got kanged, heads up. And now here's an unnecessary animation on top of it and now go ahead and replay show the thing turn five game over question mark it's just there's so yeah. much that happens it just drags the experience Absolutely. daredevil is a half a turn yeah, yeah kang is a turn and a half
0: <laughs> very, true. You
1: both, very true play both you're just an evil human being and p and you will you will get to infinite you'll get the infinity border in any deck, if you play both Daredevil and Kang in your deck, and just keep because people will just retreat and leave. They're like, yeah, I, they're give like I give up. I give up. I don't care if I won four in a row. I don't care. I give up. I just don't want to deal with this anymore. It's been two hours. I'm done.
0: Yeah, but yeah,
1: oh, just yeah. Kang's gonna have his day in the sun, in podcast right. mode. In my opinion, I, go on. I agree. What else you got?
0: I agree. So The other card I've got that's kind of here is uh is Rhino. Now Rhino is kind of one of those that I think it's Rhino. It's uh, Scarlet Witch it's the reality stone right it's location control and so i like rhino a little bit more i mean again we think about the other cards i've seen you're going you see where i'm going with the deck of the week but essentially rhino mm-hmm. is one of those cards where if you have a location you don't like you can change it and scarlet witch is also a really good card i really liked her in early battle mode but i've gotten i've lost a few rounds by hitting scarlet witch <laughs> and it going to a location that yeah. i don't want um so you know Uh, whether it's Mm -hmm. filling my location because two Raptors popped up or it changes to bar with no name or whatever. Um, there's definitely some stuff that, that I don't like about it. So I like Rhino just clear it out, get rid of the location, uh, as being a solid play, because again, there's going to be some stuff that, you know, you can't get the card in you want to get in. So I I think Rhino is one of those. I wouldn't say sleeper. A lot of people know about him, but he's definitely going to be one of those going to get an uptick once people start to realize locations make a huge, huge difference, taking away Limbo, taking away Nexus, or, or whatever yeah. it is, uh, from what they've been playing into.
1: I like the call. I th- the only reason that I get hesitant with Rhino is because the location is now just an empty location. It is a location that exists, and now you're playing card to card, no location factor. And a lot of the decks are built to go past the location factor in some way, shape, or form. And if it's just a neutral location factor, I don't know if it actually benefits you. When I could play Scarlet Witch for one power less and have a 85% chance that it's something neutral or better for me, but then, yes, those 15% chances that those do happen, Mm -hmm. they just suck. I mean, there's no other word for it. It would suck to happen on, (laughs) I will say, on like the last one. like You're trying to get to that third one on gold or that fifth one on infinite and yeah. then you go ahead and scarlet witch and you get completely <laughs> slaughtered due to rng not working to your side. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I'm always hesitant with Rhino.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those like again, what I, what I would put this down to is I'm calling out Rhino, but I, I really think it's going to be any of the location control cards uh is going to be good in that spot. Um so you've got America Chavez as your next one. Um I'm assuming this is just to make your deck a little more um You know, giving you right curve, getting the cards you want, that kind of stuff. It's consistent.
1: It's consistent, but more so for me. I love the surprise play of turn Mm -hmm. six, way down the line, right? If you've built, for example, let's say a bounce deck, yeah, and you had crappy bounces on, like you're in round five, round six, and your opponent knows you had crappy bounces. And you've been playing, you have not shown that Chavez. To have that Chavez always appear in turn six mm-hmm. and just have it as like that insurance play that you try to never use. And then all of a sudden, well bam It's just like giant nine power. Yeah, Totally about that. Totally about yeah, that. I think that, that that piece, that surprise piece, like we talk about as an element, is very critical. And she is going to present that consistently because you know exactly when you're going to pull her she's a solid mm-hmm. amount of power and yeah it does condense your deck a little bit but i think the surprise factor is actually more important when you look at the percentages of how more condensed your draws are
0: yeah absolutely and again it's it's your point always making sure you also have that card on 6 no matter if you drew it or not you have something you know that's going to be decent to play i think is always a good uh a good backup when it comes to that too with her so definitely definitely uh like america chavez as you know one of those cards this can be pretty good and we're going to see a lot inside of conquest because of because of that
1: so yeah, just the consistency mm-hmm. uh do you have one more for me good sir i'll throw yes, it at I mine do. i'll throw you at fast and i'll throw it at you faster whatever the sentence is is going to be in english but there you uh, go master uh, mold. i mean I, oh yeah i mean master <laughs> mold is I love Master Mold. I am a huge fan of Master Mold. The ability to restrict your opponent's hand is so big because all it takes to restrict your opponent's hand, all it takes is a turn one, two. If they don't get the right draws to get cards out of their hand on turn one and turn two, and you get that Master Mold down on turn two, they're not drawing, mm. and then they're stuck with whatever's in their hand, and they can only draw the amount in which they dis- they get rid of at that point, point. and it is such a key restrictor piece. I'm not even talking yeah. about Ronin decks. I'm just talking about, in general, the hand restriction, I think, is going to be a big card, which is why maybe there's also a small rise somewhere for Mr. <sighs> Baron Mordo. Maybe, 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 maybe. Potentially. Maybe. But Potentially. I, I really like Master Mold in battle mode and in, in Conquest upcoming
0: absolutely absolutely and the last one i'll throw out just from my side super easy um is uh, is agent colson i won't talk too much on him because you yeah. guys know the the fact he's coming down on three and he could give you a really good four and a really good five it also adds some rng into your deck a little bit of unpredictability from your opponent uh any of these cards are good whether it's you know maria hill um agent uh 13 agent you know agent colson uh, even potentially, not like him as much, but you know we could get some uh Nick Fury Nick Fury giving you some six drops, right? so like again, mm-hmm. I think it's that unpredictability. I think Colson, though, out of all of those cards is the best because your four drops and your five drops are very, very strong, powerful cards, and you don't have to worry about getting three <laughs> six drops and having to pick which one you get compared to this, you know you're gonna see two turns ahead uh, if you want to use them so Colson always been a great card um in conquest and if you guys haven't played a lot of battle mode just keep in mind these rng cards are are great great cards there
1: yeah more often than not they're going to pay positive to you more often than not yep yep so, so right. conquest yeah. mode i think we're excited i think we yeah. got good picks i think we've got you know some good ideas of what to kind of start off with mm-hmm. you know based on you know the last couple of picks or so so i think we're gonna we're gonna push towards. The mailbag, real quick. Uh, it was a real simple mailbag question. I want to throw on it, it there. Throw on out there. For, words are hard. You know, it's a podcast, and I'm supposed to be narrating and leading, and, you know, I just get full-on, like, cousin of Spider-Ham. and that's all, folks. Like, I'm just, I'm screwed. So let's go to the mailbag, Um, because I'm curious what you picked, because I think mine is just going to be a fan favorite. Um, but the mailbag question of the day was who do we want to see come to the game? So I'll let you lead. All right. Who from the because you have a much vaster knowledge of Marvel than I do.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna kind of cheat a little bit, but not really. You're picking a data mind card, but it's it has nothing around him. There's nothing on him, and he just hit the data mine. He just hit the data mine. Because here's the thing. When I think about all the cards, I get drawn to X-Men like I'm an X-Men and I'm a Spider-Man. Like that's what I grew up on in the 90s and that is what I want to look at. Now, we just had so many spider people added to this game. We've already got the great ones like Carnage and Venom already in the game. But when I think of X-Men, the two big categories I have is one being the Brotherhood. We have so many Brotherhood characters that are not in here, the Blob, Toad, all that. But most of those have been data mined. And most of them already have abilities, also somewhat attached to them. But gladiator, so if you grew up in the 90s, you remember the scene when gladiator comes down and literally flicks juggernaut, and juggernaut goes flying like gladiator is that much stronger than juggernaut. And I have no idea what they're going to do with his ability. But gladiator is who I want to see. He's a purple dude with a mohawk and a cape, and he's super strong. He's part of the uh, Phoenix force saga with, uh, with the Phoenix and, um, the star jammers and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, gladiators who I want to see come in, he could have some really cool variants. And I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're going to go with the overpowered aspect with him, Um, or if I, I don't know what they'll do with his ability. It's, he's got a lot of ways he can go with it, but one of his big things is he can fly and he's super strong. So,
1: all right, so we're going to make the petition then right now to Second Dinner. Uh, second Dinner, we want Gladiator to come to the game. And here's your incentive <laughs> Default Dan will make the bottom of his face look like the top of Gladiator's head. And he'll do it yeah. for charity. And he'll shave <laughs> off his beard into a Beard Hawk. The, the and beard we will then, yeah, Beard Hawk will put a red cape <laughs> as a hat. And then we'll spin him upside down and boom instant gladiator. So Got we'll it. make that happen here for the podcast and uh put that up on YouTube. That's it. second dinner's incentive to give more information for gladiator and I am forcefully volunteering you for this. Totally cool about it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I know you'll do it too. But yeah, yeah. uh at least I'll I'll convince your wife to let you do it. Um so we'll <laughs> We'll go. I'm going to go a completely different direction on the character I want to come to the game. And I want to make sure that I also shout out because it was posted up in the Fan Discord by Kier Nimbus who put it into the mailbag questions category. I appreciate that very much so. We appreciate that. Uh, the character I'm going with I think is just a fan favorite. And I kind of got brought to my attention just because we have a very spider-focused month coming up. And mm-hmm. for some reason, it was the first character that came to mind because I'm trying to think of the potential synergies and how to make it work. And I kind of want the audience, the chat, the comment sections, everything to make Happy Hogan's ability. Because he is very much so a loved character in the MCU. And he's got this great association, obviously, to Tony Stark, you know, head of security. Yep. And and obviously 95 other roles past that at the, you know, depending on where you are in the MCU timeline, let's be honest here. But then he's also got this this tight-knit synergy to Spider-Man. So then how do you how do you make a character like Happy Hogan really prominent in Marvel Snap? Because you typically they try to keep storylines somewhat like like we see with Spider, uh, sorry, with uh with Ghost Spider and Miles Morales that there's these move synergies and they move and they play into each other. Mm-hmm. So these types of characters like Jane Foster and the mighty Thor, obviously you get the idea. Yeah. I don't know how to make him work in Marvel snap, but I feel like he needs to in some weird way, shape or form. I think Mr. Favreau needs to end up in this game. And I don't know how, but I'm curious to hear how the audience would do so. And I'm also curious to hear as we wrap towards the end of the podcast recording before we head on into the second part of your live stream on Monday nights Mm -hmm. here at twitch.tv backslash default Dan, which is Marvel Scrap. I want to hear about your deck of the week. Your deck of the week is what I'm curious about, good sir.
0: Absolutely. And, and again, I do like that choice of happy Hogan. He's a face, especially from the MCU, a little less on the comic version, uh, but definitely in the, in the MCU. So there's a lot of cool stuff they could do with that. So, let me show the deck. I've been kind of hinting at it all night, all night with the three drops. So you know, one of the big things I'm going to be starting is uh, is kind of working off of a, a surfer deck. So again, I'm not a huge move player. I played move a lot in series two. I never was really a big fan of it. Too much math. I'm good at math, but it's too much math. Figuring out turn six is all my stuff going to move the way I wanted to move, and the fact that I know. That's so many people are going to be playing um, Professor X, right? That's going to be their go-to as Professor X, and I think that this is a deck that can get around Professor X. You can get an early brood, you can get some of these other cards out there that are bigger than a Professor X to kind of go ahead and take down that lane. Uh, you mentioned it before; you've got Goose that's going to stop that, stop some of the bigger cards. So again, if they're playing Heimdall, they're going to be playing it in a certain lane, usually on the right or the middle lane. So putting a Goose out there. You've got Cosmo who can stop stuff and you've got those cards that we mentioned. You've got Kingpin that's in there. You've got Killmonger that's in there. You've got cards like Juggernaut to where, hey, I want to put my Kingpin down and my Juggernaut and whatever you just played, hopefully is going into that Kingpin to get stomped on uh, on turn six. So I I think in general, you know, this is where I want to start. And there may be some subs in and out, right? We talked about... um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Shadow King potentially being a card that if we need him, gets pulled in. Um, but taking Storm to lock down your right lane, which is essentially going to stop a lot of the move decks um, within here. Cosmo, things like that. I, I, like, I like this as a starting point. We'll see, if, we'll see what gets tweaked, but uh, I, this is definitely what I'm going to start running tonight and tomorrow as everybody gets on the move train.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody should try a little bit of move to a tad bit. Um, How far? Eh, I guess we'll find out. Uh, I I like the deck, you know, as someone who's been playing a lot of Surfer. uh, I like the deck. I'm always hesitant on Rogue. Um, For Mm -hmm. all of the reasons, just because it it really depends on if there is a very specific ongoing meta at that moment. And heading into move, I don't know how many of the loot cages we're going to see, even though I do think loot cage is not going anywhere because we still have not seen a a huge dip in high evolutionary play. So I do see more and more and more loot cages becoming, you know, something to continue to contest. But at the same time, I like loot cage on my side of the battlefield too, because it's going to prevent... All of those, you know, twos, fours, threes that you have there Mm -hmm. into this deck as a counter deck uh, be something of mild relevance. I think the biggest thing you have on this deck that I only get worried about as a a feedback piece is you've probably got to get Kingpin down on five because Kingpin on five very often is something that they're probably going to have priority. Yeah. Uh, Unless if they're playing the card I talked about, which was Ghost and why I think that's so important because. Mm -hmm. You then have to choose, am I giving them priority and playing Kingpin on five, or am I forfeiting it and then being able to play Sarah on six? Am I going yeah. offensive mode or defensive mode? And that's the thing to understand with steering this deck is which mode are you playing? But, you know, you have a lot of the big uh, important server pieces in there and that juggernaut play, ugh, always, yeah. always is going to be filthy.
0: Yeah. And again, it's it's one of those things where You know, when you look at this i agree with you kingpin may have to come on five which now makes them have to rethink all of their turn six plays that they've already been trying to set up the whole time you've got the potential kingpin still on six with a surfer if you can already telegraph what they're doing on six Uh, again some of these move decks may not do heimdall some of these move decks may not move on turn six um so you do have to kind of be able to start predicting what they're going to do and yeah rogues in there specifically for that luke cage specifically for any of the other matchups like Dino or Dark Hawk that you may see along the way. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there's some cards that can come in and out. You do have Goose, you do have Lizard, right? If we seem to think move or bounce is going to be a big thing, maybe Lizard's the card that comes out because if he gets his minuses, he's pretty much a worthless card now. So he may yeah. be that interchangeable card uh, that, that we can put in there. But, yeah, that's, that was kind of the deck I looked at and thought would be a good starting deck if you're not using a move deck as you can see most of my stuff tonight has been anti-move uh just because i think when it comes to metas you either have to play into the meta or play against the meta and right now i'm kind of looking at the stance of playing against it because just like with every season pass card the first two or three days everybody wanted wants to use the season pass card so you're going to see a lot of movement happening so
1: hundred percent you are correct good sir i think we have a lot of testing to do and from the time of this recording in t minus under two hours and i'm excited to see what the community comes up with in the first couple of days as well i know we're gonna have this podcast out all over the place so if you're watching here live with us on monday nights we appreciate you joining us here in the chat and if you're listening to us on all of the other places please help us out head to ratethispodcast.com backslash snapbackpodcast and let us know how we're doing whether it's via apple podcasts or youtube comments all of that feedback is greatly appreciated as we keep getting more and more mailbag questions and more and more of your feedback put into this podcast powered by snap.fan the official website of marvel snap at least in our eyes. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us tonight on this episode of the Snap Back Podcast, where you snap and we snap back. Default
0: Dan. Yeah. Say goodbye, podcast folks. We'll see you guys later on the podcast.
1: And for I all mean, you guys on the podcast i know, I know no we but... have
0: an outro to do no do not
1: get ahead of me good <laughs> sir we have an outro there is a fade out there is a gradual progression we you will it. not no you will not <laughs> shortchange me of this content
0: good sir do this for the people yes take it easy